This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. I sent an article that I found from uh, AP uh, yesterday. Uh, according to a new CNN poll, uh, Ted Cruz, his popularity among Republicans sharply dipped after the convention. Uh, his overall popularity, however, stayed exactly the same as before. Now, wait a minute. Listen to this. His, his percentage of the GOP, his support went from 66% of Republicans to 33%. So how could he cut it in half and yet remain popular? Because independence, his support through independence has grown just as much as he lost GOP. So his base has gotten wider and stronger. Isn't that exactly what many Republicans will either forget about this or forgive him for it? Once Trump loses in the biggest landslide in history. If he does. If, if, if he, he does. does. If he does. All right, now. We don't know. We don't know, but you're right. If that happens, a lot of people are going to be saying they align with Cruz that are not saying it right now. Yep. Right? You know. Yep. History likes a winner. And a lot of people who are never Cruz now, or never Trump now, if Donald Trump wins, that before he does anything, will be willing to give him a Nobel Peace Prize and say, I was never, never Trump. People like a winner. And we'll see what happens uh, but we have some audio that is really stunning coming up in just a minute from the convention and the uh, and the media coming up in a minute. Right now, we have Eric Erickson on the uh, on the phone with us. Uh, Eric Erickson, you probably know him from the uh, resurgent dot com and redstate.com. dot com. He is putting together Red State Gathering, uh, which is happening uh, in Colorado, August 12th through the 14th. I'll be the keynote speaker on the night of the 12th. And you can get tickets and the schedule of events and everybody who's going to be there at redstategathering.com. Welcome to the program, Eric. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, Always good to have you on. Uh, We have found out who the people really are who believe in the Constitution and believe in principles and and, and who's just been... There aren't a lot of us. (laughs) Yeah, there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot of us. You wrote an interesting article last week where it kind of sounded like you were saying, okay, I'm done I've said my piece about Donald Trump. I've said my piece about the GOP, and I'm done with it. Is is that right? Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, I, I felt very strongly like I had an obligation since February to, to point out that Trump's going to be a, a disaster in the election, that the Republicans are handing everything over to Hillary Clinton, and that they could stop it if they wanted to, that they had no desire to fight, no desire to stop it. And so, yeah, and I, I'm kind of done with them at this point, uh, continuing to point out the ridiculousness, for example, of Trump still refusing to release his taxes, despite saying he would. Uh, but uh, otherwise, you know, they've made their bed. Now they've got to lay in it. Are you, are you the one who said that, um, no, it was George Will who came out, I think, yesterday and said the reason why he thinks Trump is not releasing his, track, uh, his taxes is because he's doing business with, with Russian oligarchs. 
Did you but see that? That would not surprise me. Uh, my personal theory is that uh, it's going to turn out that Trump doesn't have nearly the amount of money he says he does, and people are going to start questioning mm-hmm. where he's getting the money from to personally fund his campaign, which, I mean, mm-hmm. if you start looking into that, it causes him all sorts of problems, because is he using his corporation as his piggy bank? Well, if so, the people suing his corporation can sue him personally instead. Uh, he's got all sorts of problems, I think, if he releases his taxes. He's clearly hiding something. Uh, but I, I am with George Will that I think this Russian story is very, very significant. Oh, the fact huge. that he came out yesterday and, and said he, that he has no investments in Russia at all, zero, well, that's not the question. Not what do the Russians have invested in him? Yeah, and I don't believe that's true. He's working with Vladimir Putin on some sort of a, a hotel or a right. resort or something. So. Uh, whether he has any personal money in it, he does have interest in Russia. He says he doesn't. I mean, he said he has no dealings with these people at all. I mean, not that that means anything or is any value to this. We're going to be we're going to be laying some things out, not about Donald Trump, but about Russia uh, tonight. We're going in pretty deep on uh, what is Russia doing uh, with the DNC? How is this happening and who's really behind it? It's much bigger than just Vladimir Putin. And it ties in about two years of our work and our chalkboards tonight at five o'clock. You don't you really don't want to miss that. So, Eric, what is um, what is the what's your personal solution? What what should people do now? I mean, have you been watching the Democrats? <laughs> yes, the, the, the Hate America 2016 revival that they're having in <laughs> Philadelphia. Um, except it's, except it's not being presented as that, at least. Monday night, I thought, was presented in such a way. I mean, it's full-fledged Marxism. Right. But if you look at the packaging, it's all about love America. And we don't need to be great because we're already the greatest country. And and we've got to love the people who hate us. I mean, it's an amazing display of packaging. It really is. Um, You know, I I think the Republicans always have the better stage and the Democrats have the better packaging overall when it comes to these conventions. Uh, The Republicans gave this doom and gloom picture and the Democrats are trying to give this this bright, rosy picture. But, I mean, when they've they've got illegal aliens on stage celebrating them being illegal and, and people on stage trying to justify shooting the police officers. That didn't happen in prime time, but it happened. Uh, I, the downside is that the media is not going to report any of this stuff, and so if you're not watching the convention, you're not going to know about it. You're going to see Bill Clinton giving his all-shuck speech and Michelle Obama saying Hillary's going to make America great again. So what happens? I mean, because honestly, I tried to watch it. I watched it as me, and my head was going to explode <laughs> because it is, I mean, it's, it's a horror show constitutionally. Um, and it, it, it is total destruction of everything that we hold dear and the embrace of everything we oppose as a nation. However, I watched it also as somebody who's not really paying attention to politics, doesn't really know what even progressivism is, um, and isn't afraid of socialism or Marxism. You know, basically the, right. the average person. And to me, if you're watching it from the average person point of view... They've got the they've got the message of hope and love mm-hmm. and charity and that's the people I want to be. Well, listen, he, Trump got a post convention bounce from the Republican convention. Hillary's going to get one this week, and that's probably going to put her back in the lead. And she's probably going to stay there. Um, he's going to have to be super negative on her, and, and now she can use against him the taxes. 
Um, What's he hiding there to raise suspicions? Either way, I think it ends badly for Americans this year. I've decided I'm writing in Peyton Manning just because I want to vote for (laughs) someone I actually like and and think is a good moral person, and neither major party has decided to put up someone who fits that bill. Have (laughs) Have you seen Gary Johnson's new ad? I have not. It's a really, really effective ad. Although I don't know what the libertarians are doing. Why is it everyone is reaching out to the Marxist and no one is reaching out to the disenfranchised constitutionalist? I've had this long-term theory that the the libertarians are like the dog that really doesn't want to catch the car. Uh, That they, They like to have a candidate and they like to ruffle feathers, but it doesn't seem to me the libertarians have ever really wanted to win. They kind of like to be the guys who stay on the outside throwing rocks. Um, maybe that'll change. I mean, give Gary Johnson credit. He's more qualified than either of the major party nominees this year. Oh, yeah, he is. But it's, it's amazing to me. They're doing 12 points. Right now, 12 points. Three more points, and they can be included in the debate. Right. And it's not that hard to scoop up those three points, but they're just, they're unwilling to do it. For instance, they will not accept an invitation to come on this show. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we outwardly uh, invited them on here and on Pat and Stu multiple times. And, uh, I mean, I, to get a response from the campaign, it's like, it's like we're, I, I mean, I don't even know how you do it. I don't know if it's possible, but th- it does not seem to be possible to get responses from Explain your, th- I'd like to hear Eric's point of view on the theory, the Mitt, the Mitt Romney theory. Okay, and Mitt Romney is just one of the candidates. But the theory being that uh, you... The, the, the argument against a third party candidate, including Johnson, is a lot of people in this audience would say, wait a minute, you're going to take votes away from Trump and then Clinton's going to win and then she's going to win the White House. And I don't want that to happen. So the, this way, we're calling it bailout 2016, is an election bailout. We run a candidate, a conservative candidate in a few deep red states that Hillary Clinton has basically no chance of winning. Um, and that way. We're not taking we're not giving Hillary Clinton any states that she would she would norm, you know, she would not get any states she would not be able to get now. Um, and we, you really only concentrate on those three states, right. like, for instance, for instance, yeah. Wyoming, Utah and Idaho. Idaho are the, the top three that I picked. They're deep red states. Romney won them by, you know, dozens of percents of vote. Um, Cruz won them in uh, the primary. So they're not friendly Trump states. Um, and they're they're generally inexpensive media markets. You could run a campaign fairly cheaply there. Um, and the idea is you go there and you don't try to win 270 votes. You don't take any votes from Donald Trump in a state, in a purple state like Florida. You don't take any votes from him. Only states that it's going to be between Trump and our candidate would be the battle. Therefore, you'd say you get to between 13 and 35 electoral votes is what we've mapped out. That would mean that if Trump would have typically won in a normal situation, a one-on-one, he would be brought down below 270 electoral votes. However, Hillary Clinton would also be below 270 electoral votes. The Constitution dictates that we would throw that then to the House, where they would vote on uh, the top three electoral vote candidates, which would be our candidate Romney and, uh, or excuse me, Trump and uh, Clinton, um, because the Republicans own the majority of the state delegations, barring a complete electoral disaster here, because it's the incoming House that would actually vote on this, they would vote. And is there a chance that they would pick a conservative over a Trump and a Clinton, considering these are the Republicans? Now, 
I mean, you'd have to find the right candidate, Eric. But it'd have to be someone right. that the House really likes. Romney being the easiest one because Paul Ryan is the Speaker of the House. So there's an easy connection there. But is there somebody you think that could pull that off or is at least worth trying as an insurance policy in case some That's Trump does something nightmare. really crazy at the last minute? Oh, you know, listen, I, I, I'm a student of American politics, and I just think it would be fun to do something like that. I, I like the <laughs> idea. Um, frankly, I, I would probably broaden it, uh, because at, at this point, I think the Republicans need to have their nose rubbed in Trump's nomination uh, and, and finding a Republican who beats Trump in more states than just those three. I, I would relish the idea. Now, the odds are the House of Representatives, even if the Republicans keep control of it, they're spineless enough that they'll mm-hmm. go with the person who has the most yes. electricity college votes, um, which is probably mm-hmm. going to be Clinton. But, I mean, you can't say that you're denying Trump victory when you're only going after him in Republican states. And listen, if Republicans in those states would rather someone else, well, then the Republicans need to take a clue that they picked the wrong guy. It's true, well, Eric. I, I think because you because the Republican House is going to you think they would vote for Clinton over Trump, even if Clinton ha- had uh, more electoral votes than Trump. Yeah, I, yes. I listen, I, I, I never, ever, ever underestimate the Republican House's ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say that because the, the will of the people is a serious problem with this, because people would say, well, you know, Donald Trump got X. Million it's not votes. only that, it, Eric, how do you put how do you how do we put an alliance back together? How do you stitch conservatives and libertarians and people back together? I mean, I I don't know that we're going to be able to whether we have another candidate or not after this. Uh, You know, listen, all the people who supported Trump in the primary are mad at the establishment. They they hate the Republicans in Washington. Whether Trump wins or loses, those are going to be the Republicans still in charge. And Donald Trump has already said he's perfectly happy cutting deals with those people because he likes them. Okay, real quick, talk to me about the uh, Red State Gathering. Who's going and, and what's the purpose? I know I'm going to be there. Yeah, but well, tell people I will what... be there as well. Um, and so I started the Red State Gathering now, I guess, nine years ago, and it was just a way to get online conservative activists together in person to meet face-to-face. And, I mean, we, our very first year we had uh, Ted Cruz there and Marco Rubio there and Nikki Haley there. We're going to have a, a lot of them back this year. In fact, this will be the first year Nikki Haley can't be there because her kids start college. But, I mean, we're going to have an all-star lineup of Republicans around the country. Republicans? Well, Republicans, I do believe we also have extended an invitation to Gary Johnson for him to be there. This will be the, the non-Trump faction. You know, at last year's Red State Gathering, I uninvited Trump at the last minute after his Megyn Kelly blow-up. So we're not going to have a lot of Trump supporters there. It'll be a safe space for Republicans who don't care for it. <laughs> well, good. We need Aww. safe spaces. That's Wait a minute. Good. So jo- you offered to Johnson, and he's not even answering that invitation? Listen to that. That's right. That's what I read an email chain yesterday that they were trying to reach out out to him and, and hadn't mm. heard from him. That's what the exactly. hell is this guy doing? He's got 13% of the vote and no one can get him to respond. We want to win. Uh, Greg Abbott, Carly Fiorina, Ben Sass, Ken Cuccinelli, I will be there. Um, it's a three-day gathering. Make sure you find out about it. Redstategathering.com. Come. It is August 12th through the 14th. These are the, these are the people that stick together. Uh, because we'll be the leader of the conservative movement, the next chapter as we move on. Eric, thank you very much. Eric Erickson from theresurgent.com and redstate.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.
I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash Glenn, casper.com slash Glenn.